So we are in our series through the Psalms, and uh, this uh, series is called Summer in the Psalms. And we, we don't go through all the Psalms, we just go through about 10 of them. And so if you have your copy of God's Word, if you're watching online uh, as well, we'd ask you to get your, uh, your finger ready for Psalm 103, Psalm 103. You know, the Psalms, as I've shared the last few weeks, is not words from God to us, it's words from mankind to God or about God. And the Psalms are very, um, they can, because of that, because they're words from mankind, they can be very honest. They can be very real. They can be about confessions and, and sin, but also um, fears and anxieties, but also praise and uplifting a holy God in his name. And honesty does a person good. Honesty does something good to the heart. You know, when, when, if you and I are trying to hide something and we come, uh, come about um, through uh, this navigating through this world of, 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 of lies, you know, and hiding things into the world of honesty, doesn't it just feel like the, the weight is lifted off of you? And it's something that's good for the heart. And Psalms is a way for, as we see into the heart of people, and, and David as well, you get to see how honesty pay, pay, uh, plays a huge role in the Psalms. And so, honesty is something that leads, ultimately should lead, to a word that I'm going to focus on today, and that is breakthrough. The word breakthrough. Everybody say that word, breakthrough. All right. Breakthrough is something that many times in our lives we just need whether you, you go through stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of junk and just funk in our lives that just messes things up. And so we want to, uh, we need to get out of that. We need to have a breakthrough from whatever we are facing in our lives. And I tell you, even as a culture over this past year of COVID, getting a breakthrough from there, the church needs a breakthrough. The church needs a breakthrough. All across, as I talk to other pastors, we are not, no, there's very few of any churches that are, that are really back to, to capacity where they were pre-COVID. Now, we're slowly but surely getting there, but the church needs a breakthrough. Needs a breakthrough. I, we really, we are really, as pastors, we're really praying for, for a revival and a breakthrough this fall. I know there's a lot of people on vacation, and that's great. Our family was able to go on a vacation this past week, and, and, and I know that's a great opportunity for families to get together and, and to be able to do that. But after vacation is over, we, we need to get back into the fellowship of other believers because fellowship is so important. So we need a breakthrough to get us back into the groove. But know this, that there are, there are times we need breakthroughs in specific areas of our lives, in certain relationships in our lives, maybe in our finances. Our spiritual walk needs breakthroughs. I, am, I feel like I'm climbing out of some seasons in my life personally where I'm, I feel like I'm finally starting to break through health-wise. I'm not out of there yet, but I'm very close. My mother passing away suddenly. I mean, that was really, really difficult for me. And I feel like I'm breaking through with that. We, we don't have an office 
<laughs> we had a great setup in the office, and it's, and it's gone, but then we were given a building, and it's sitting on our land in three different pieces, and, but now just this week, we've had some major breakthroughs. Us in the city of Emerson and inspectors have now finally come on the same page. And so we have the right people doing the right things to get the building in place. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. To where we can have a ministry center and an office. And do, do you know how difficult it is to do ministry when you've got things in different locations and most of your office stuff is in storage somewhere? And it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to do ministry with your hands tied behind your back. And so we, I personally, and, and obviously during COVID as a pastor, we, I personally, have, are, is, I'm trying to crawl out of a, a season in my life trying to break through this season. Maybe you are experiencing this as well in certain areas in your life. Know this, David, who wrote this psalm, Psalm 103, uh, there were many times he had to crawl out of a breakthrough. I mean, he had to crawl out of a season in his life. He had to have a breakthrough from the Lord. And so as we read this Psalm 103, we can see how David can use this to break through. So if you would, we're gonna walk through Psalm 103. I'm gonna read the whole thing first and then we're gonna dissect it uh, piece by piece and to see what David can teach us. Now this Psalm has lots of what I call uh, gems, uh, just, just uh, scriptures that you have heard before, and you may say, wow, I didn't know that was in Psalm 103. And so um, it's gonna have some of those, but it's also gonna have some things that you're gonna be like, wow, I've never heard that before, and that is gonna speak to my life. So let's read together, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like the grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. And in its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children." with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, and you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. 
So this psalm, biblical scholars believe, is from David. And biblical scholars believe that David actually wrote this towards uh, the latter part of his life. So he had experienced lots of things in his life. I mean, you know, you've got the, you've got the Goliath scene. You, you've got the uh, running away from Saul season that lasted a very long time where David was crowned king, anointed king, but Saul was still king and Saul didn't like that and Saul wanted to kill him. And you also have the, the seasons when, when David became king and, and the, the two kingdoms, Judah and Israel, were, were united as one unified kingdom. And, but you also had the seasons where, where uh, David had the adulterous affair with Bathsheba and then his son Absalom trying to kill him. I mean, it's, it's amazing the up and downs of David's life. And so David writes this psalm towards the end of his life and he sees down the road what he went through and this is what he learned. And this is his response to that. So what are some of the elements uh, of this psalm that we can see that help us with a breakthrough? Because again, David needed some breakthroughs in his life. Number one, we see he recalled his benefits, God's benefits. So what can we do to help us with a breakthrough in our life? Recall his benefits. At the beginning of the psalm, you notice David is actually talking to himself. He's, he's like, look, praise the Lord, oh my soul, my inmost being, praise the Lord. Have you ever found yourself talking to yourself? I do it all the time. To where maybe you're looking in a mirror or you're driving down the road, you're like, come on, you could do better than this or, or you, can, you can walk through this or, or you know, whatever, whatever that those conversations you have with yourself, some, sometimes they're good conversations to have. Now, if you're going around doing that all the time and not talking to any other people, you might need some professional counseling. But it's good to talk to yourselves from time to time. And so David is talking to himself, and, and um, when we do the same thing, we need to remember some of the things like David has in our past or maybe some things we're going through. There are some natural struggles and fears and disappointments in David's life that, that he's remembering in this. There are seasons such as disappointments and fears and struggles in your life to where you and I, we need to move from there to an attitude of worship and praise. He's saying, look, praise the Lord. So what are the, what's one of the ways that David is showing us that we can praise the Lord? So he's telling himself, David, praise the Lord. You've had all this junk in your life. You've had these, these great moments and these, these mountaintop moments and these valley moments. So what are, you, what are you supposed to do in the latter part of your life, David? What is my response to that? I'm gonna praise the Lord. Well, how does he praise the Lord? He remembers, he recalls his great benefits, God's great benefits of his life. I love this song that was written in the early 80s by Brown Bannister and, and Mike Hudson. And uh, it was actually sung by the Imperials, if you um, know CCM, and, and uh, Russ Tapp was on that group. And, uh, but Brown Bannister, actually, um, we were able to visit with him. He's actually the... Um, 
uh, dean of music at Lipscomb University, and as Logan was looking at that, um, that university, we were able to sit down with Brown and, and get some inside scoop how that, was, that song was written, and, and he actually produced that album for the Imperials, and uh, to be able to see this song come to life. But listen to the words of this song um, called Praise the Lord. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams. Have, have you ever been there? <laughs> When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Have you ever felt that? Just want to give it up? I'm just going to submit to whatever earthly fears, whatever Satan has. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. What are you going to do? Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord, for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord, for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you what? When you praise the Lord. Powerful, incredible words. One of the best songs ever written. What helps us to praise the Lord? What are the benefits? When you're in a moment where you be like, okay, I got to praise the Lord. When you're in the middle of your junk, you've got to praise the Lord. That's what David is saying. Praise the Lord. How can you praise the Lord? By remembering or recalling his benefits. What are his benefits? David talks about that in verses one through five. He talks about things like forgiveness, healing, contentment. David has had some major, uh, uh, major sins in his life. And if you look there at, at verse three, he says this, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. You have three things there. You have forgiveness, you have healing, and you have contentment. There are, there are times when David needed forgiveness from Bathsheba, from killing her husband. I mean, David did some pretty top sins for someone who was a man after God's own heart. But David also had found the forgiveness of God in his life. At this point of this last season of his life, he experienced the forgiveness of God and that God forgave all of his sins. And the Bible says that. Not some, all of them. Think about the sins you have committed over your, your life. If you've confessed them, notice this, that Jesus faithfully forgives your sins. The small ones, even, even the big ones. I know all sins are the same, but you and I have, a, have perce a, a perception that there are some small sins and some big sins. It doesn't matter what your sins are. God has forgiven them through Jesus Christ if you have Confess them to the Lord. Jesus, uh, David also talks about healing. Think about a life of sin. People who live a life of sin, continuous, it affects their, them physically and mentally, emotionally. Think about a drug addict. Think about 
an alcoholic. Think about that, someone who has had a lifestyle of, of, of eating incorrect things. It can have a toll on the body, and it could do some things physically, mentally. But know this, God can provide the healing. So David talks about. David needed healing in his life. You, you, we don't know all the details, but you don't think that ha- sleeping with Bathsheba, having her husband killed, affected him emotionally, physically? I'm sure it did. It had to. When he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, and he, he, was, uh, he told David, look, you are that man. You are the one in, this, in the parable I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you about. You are that man. You are the one who has stolen something from someone and even killed that man. And so there's healing that comes with that. There's also contentment. David talks about that. The contentment. The Lord satisfies our desires. He makes us content. He provides for our needs. So again, the benefits that will help us praise, think about the forgiveness. that God. Think about the things that God has forgiven you for. Think about the healing that he has done in your life. Think about the contentment, how he has provided for you. Even though you've made some stupid mistakes financially, relationally, even if, maybe in your job, but God is there. If you think about the benefits of God, if you recall the benefits of God, it helps you to even more praise the Lord. And that's what David talks about. That's the first thing. Recall his benefits will help you to praise him. It will help you with a breakthrough in your life. Praising the Lord will help you through a breakthrough. The second one is in verse six through seven. Verse six through seven says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. So when you want a a breakthrough, you can also rest in his justice. Have you ever felt like life is just not fair? Have you ever felt like just things just weren't fair? Life's not fair. Or have you ever been falsely accused of something? Falsely accused. You know the natural response? My natural response is to take matters in your own hands. Well, I'll show them, right? We like to take matters in our own hands. But God is saying, look, I can, I can help with that. David says this the, in that passage, the Lord works. Why does the Lord work? So that you can rest. So that you can rest. So you can rest in his justice. When people and circumstances are crowding against you, allow God to handle it. Allow God to help you with the breakthrough. That is one of the most difficult things that you can face. David, he's done some things that, yeah, 
I confess to that. But he was also falsely accused of things. He's like, why is Saul trying to kill me? What did I do? All I did, I was working in the field and some old man came and poured oil on my head and said, I'm going to be the next king. What did I do? <laughs> Sometimes things, circumstances and people just come against you. What are you supposed to do? Rest in his justice. Not us having to take care of that. And don't fall for that. Don't go into a, a season where you're going to take care of the justice. Allow him to do that. Think about the children of Israel. And, uh, and David talks about this in this passage. The, the Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt hundreds of years. The one who was going to deliver them, they didn't know that yet, but he just moved from Egypt because he killed a man to a far off country. So he's in, a, in another country, the God that's gonna deliver him. And so their hope is literally far away in another country. But what did they do? They waited. They waited on the Lord. They waited and they watched and they cried out to the Lord for help. God said I've, to Moses, I have heard the cries of my people and I'm gonna send you to help them. It reminds me of when um, three of our kids we, we adopted from Ukraine. Here they are sitting in an orphanage. They've been abandoned, left alone, and no family, and they're sitting in an orphanage somewhere in Ukraine. And who is going to be the agent of help through God's power and God's ability but who's gonna be the agent of help? It's, it's this family that lives in Uharley, Georgia. How in the world are we gonna connect a family that lives in Uharley, Georgia to three small children in a remote village in Ukraine? God. God's gonna be the one. Our, our three kids, Lawson, Marion, and Lincoln, they just rested. They just waited. They, they waited for something to happen. They couldn't do anything. God is the one who made that connection. So very similar to that situation, God wants to do the same for you. When you feel abandoned, when you feel accused, um, just know this. God can handle it. Wait without worry. Allow him to complete the breakthrough. David could have taken matters in his own hands. He could have killed Saul. He actually had an opportunity to. But he's like, hmm, no, I'm gonna let God do that. So, your breakthrough, your breakthrough can be done by Resting in his justice. So recall his benefits. Rest in his justice. What, do we, what else do we see? Verses eight through 14. Eight through 14 is a section about compassion. And it's really about receiving his compassion. To be able to receive the compassion of the Lord. Look at 
verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Can I tell you something? It's, it's difficult sometimes to receive the compassion of God. Do you know there's a lot of people, there are millions of people in the world who they think they're too far gone. They're gone. There are people not sitting in church this morning. I'm not talking about specifically Lake Point Church, but in a church, there are people not sitting in a church this morning because they feel like they are too far gone. I've, I've, done, I've done too much. God can't accept me. Why, why would I receive his compassion? If I was God, I would not receive myself back. And you're probably right. Good thing you aren't God. Receiving his compassion is a very difficult thing for people to do. But just know this, when you get to the point to where you confess your sins and you come face to face and you own up to it and you say, God, please forgive me my sin. He is faithful and just and he forgives us of our sin and he showers us with compassion and he what we're about to go through some of those elements of compassion, but he shows us his compassion, but you and I will not break through if we don't receive his compassion, to receive what he has for us. What are some of the characteristics of compassion? David talks about that, slow to anger. Slow to anger. God does not throw a bunch of accusations at us. He is very patient with us. Satan is actually known as the accuser, not God. You know, there is a natural law in our world of consequences when we sin. Those are just natural things that happen. When we sin, a natural law of order, of consequences happen. But people often confuse what they perceive as God's anger, condemnation, and accusation with the reality of consequences from their own sins. I'm gonna read that again because this statement is very important for you to understand. Listen carefully. People will often confuse what they perceive as God's anger, his condemnation, an accusation, they'll confuse those things with the reality of the consequences from our own sins. They don't receive his compassion because they think God's angry at them. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt God's, <laughs> there's no way God, God is happy with me right now. Well, that's probably right. He may not be too happy but it doesn't mean he's not full of compassion. It doesn't mean he's not full of love because he is. David goes on to say that God is filled with love 
and kindness. So he's slow to anger. He's not, he, he doesn't provide accusation. He's, he's accusation free. And he's also filled with love and kindness. If you confess your sins, he would literally separate them as far as the east is from the west. Sorry, the east is from the west. Good thing he didn't say north and south because north and south actually have a point, a, a specific spot. You can go to the North Pole and you can go to the South Pole. And when you go to the North Pole, eventually, when you keep going, you'll, you'll then be going not north but south and vice versa. But there's no East Pole and there's no West Pole. You know why? Because they go on for an infinity. So David says, God separates your sin as far as the east is from the west. Does that sound like an angry God? Does that sound like a a condemning God? Does that sound like an accusing God? Surely not. He longs for you to break through whatever's going on in your life. He longs for the church right now to break through whatever we're going through right now. I believe Satan has, has lied to the church. I believe the church as a whole, not everybody, but I'm talking about the, the big C church. I believe Satan has sold a lie to the church. Now, what that lie looks like, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, it's probably several lies, but it's a package of one big fat lie with bullet points of other smaller lies of saying, hey, the church, you're irrelevant. Fellowship, you don't really need it. You're good. God still loves you. God does still love you. But yes, we all need the fellowship. We all need each other to grow in discipleship and to worship together and to be part of the mission together. And so, there's a breakthrough in your life, and God wants to help you. So, recall his benefits will help you praise him. Rest in his justice. Don't try to do that on your own. He can take care of it. He can handle it. Receive his compassion. And then we see in verse 15 through 18, who says this, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. David, I believe in this and these verses tell us how to respond to his love. Respond to his love. This, this passage right here talks about the love of God. Let's consider your life. It's like the grass in my yard. When I mow my grass, of course, I have, I have boys that mow my grass, I have live in yard boys, right? Praise the Lord. But one of these days, they're all gonna go and I'll have to get back on my John Deere. 
But when the grass is mowed, the, the grass, the leftover grass gets on the sidewalk or the driveway, and it's left there until either the wind comes and blows it away, or we get out our little gas blower and blow it away. But either way, that grass doesn't stay there. It's gone. It was just there a few moments ago. It, it, it grew up pretty quickly, and then it's gone. That's like our life. Our life is like a vapor, like what James talks about in 4.14, chapter 4, verse 14, where our life is just like a vapor. Like when you walk out and it's cold and you breathe and the vapor's there and it's gone. That's our life. But yet, God loves you so much, as high as the heavens are above the earth. I mean, that's amazing that our life lasts just like that. But understand this, God talks about, and David talks about, but this, this, this word, this, this idea is so true, from everlasting to everlasting. Another word for that is from eternity to eternity. Because we last forever. You do. You will last forever. When you and I die, we will either spend an eternity in hell, separated from God, or we will spend an eternity in heaven with God, with Jesus. You and I will last forever, our souls. So from everlasting to everlasting, from eternity to eternity, God loves us. It outlasts the span of our lifetime, even though we think our life is here and gone, just like a vapor. God still Loves us. But know this that love, as explains in this in these verses, it's not a one-sided, unconditional kind of love. Now understand this: God loves everyone. That's why he, he died for all mankind on the cross. He came to this earth for all of mankind. He loves us. But as David has shown, look, there's there's an even a greater love that God has for us. As we are children of God, as we are part of God's chosen people. As we, cho- as we choose God and make that choice ourselves, and God recognizes that, and if we live our life not in a rebellious state, but if we live our life in a way that we walk in the fear of the Lord as David describes this, as we show our love to him, then our Our love from God is as high as the heavens are above the earth. How will you respond to this love? How does David share that? Through our obedience. That's how we respond in love, through our obedience. When we live a life obedient to God by following his precepts, by following what's in his word, by loving him, by walking in the fear of the Lord, the healthy fear of God. That's how we respond to his love. That's how we have a breakthrough in our life. When we can respond. When you get to the point and you're waddling in whatever junk that you're in, okay? When you're sitting there and you realize Gosh, my God 
loves me so much. And you realize that. And you respond to that love by living your life for him, walking in the fear of the Lord. You're going to have a breakthrough. You are going to have a breakthrough. I hear it all the time. There's stories after stories of people's life where they have a breakthrough. When the church loves God as as a response to his love, when the church does that, the church is going to have a breakthrough. You can have a breakthrough. When you recall his benefits, when you recall his forgiveness and and, and you recall those, those benefits of, of his life, of what he's done for you, his healing and his contentment, his forgiveness, and you recall his great benefits, and you do nothing but shout praises unto him, you're going to have a breakthrough. When you rest in his justice, when, when you feel um, like you've been falsely accused or when you feel like the world is against you, and you just say, you know what, I'm going to let God take care of this. You are going to have a breakthrough because he's going to be able to break through that much better than you can. When you receive his compassion, when you say, you know what, I know I've done these things, but God's love is so much bigger than all of this stuff I've done. And I'm going to receive his compassion in my life. He's not an accusing God. He's not after me. He is not pointing the finger at me. He is not a condemning God. He doesn't condemn me. Then you're going to have a breakthrough. And when you respond to his love, you're going to have a breakthrough. And right now, we have an opportunity to respond to his love. I'm going to give you that opportunity. Whether you're here now or watching online, I'm going to give you that opportunity to respond to his great love because his love is higher, is greater than the heavens are above the earth. And know this, he wants to reveal that love to you in so many great ways. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm gonna give you this opportunity God wants to show you that his love can can help you with a breakthrough. Now, you may be sitting there or or watching online. You may be uh, watching now or or, or maybe watching later. It it doesn't matter. But, But God wants you to have a breakthrough. God wants a church to break through whatever this junk, whatever this funk that we're in. And the way to do that is to respond in love, to say, all right, I'm not gonna be listening to the lies of Satan, the ruler of this world. I'm gonna listen to the ruler of my heart. I'm gonna get back to doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna live a life of obedience. I'm gonna get back to uh, contributing to what God has called me to do. And in, in, on an individual level, God wants you to break through what you could be going through right now. 
And if you're not going through something that's hard to break through, know this, it's gonna come. (laughs) Because it always does. Surely you've had some moments in the past. But know this, you can't do that on your own. You need God. You need God. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you, if you have never accepted Christ as Savior, and if you're like, I just want to accept him, I just want to receive that, I want to receive his compassion in my life, it simply goes like this. Just say these, these words after me. Just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. I accept you, Jesus. Please forgive me my sins. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I need a breakthrough. And if you've already accepted Christ as Savior, as Christians, we can all all walk in areas where we need a breakthrough. I just shared a little bit of my testimony of the past few months where I just feel like I needed a breakthrough. And God, and some of these these things that, that, that I learned in Psalm 103, God has actually brought me through this. And it's so revealing how God shared this with me and how I'm, I'm still breaking through, but not by my own power, by God's power power and his guidance and his wisdom and his might if you're in a if you're in a situation right right, right now where you need a breakthrough you're caught in something that you're just tired he's ready to help you with that breakthrough to say lord help me with that breakthrough i don't want to do it on my own in jesus name amen